Welcome to episode 104 of the Pack Life Podcast. I'm your host, Bruiser Carter. John today here with my family. Uh, we have Mr. Demond Geist with me. How you doing? Check me out. See Nike, just do it. Yeah. All right, we then diagonal. We got my brother, Mr. Cut Carter. And last but not least, we got the madman himself, Mace. Yo. Hey, don't be mistaken by the shirt. I do not play games. <laughs> Bar. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Good, man. That's, uh, the Suns, Chris Paul advanced. I feel pretty good. Oh, you're your Suns fan now? I'm a Chris Paul fan. Ah. Uh-huh. What about yeah, you, yeah, I like to see it. I like to see it. Uh-uh. I just like to shout out those Hawks that I said would be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Thank you. Based on who they play. Not trying to shoot somebody down, but that, that boy Bruiser, that boy Bruiser had him losing two times. You had to lose to the Knicks, didn't you? Nah. Oh. Uh, you got to lose against. You got to lose against the Bucks, and that's where we disagree again. So I'm excited. Getting, getting ahead of ourselves, but you know, well, I did get the Bucks being the next right. Seems so getting ahead of ourselves. Me too. Yeah. Me too. You know, Me too. Went, went two and four on my predictions in the semifinals. All the East right. Oh no, one and four. Uh, only got the Bucks right in the East the semifinals. So. You know, doing good in the East, terrible in the West, but you know, without the Lakers, it's hard. Ooh. Oh, um, before we start, uh, happy belated Juneteenth, everyone. Um, for the podcast viewers, we're recording this after Juneteenth, so happy Juneteenth to you all. Went to a, a rave, I gotta say, it was fun. I just had to bring that up. Uh, appreciate the invite, Mace. Had a, a joy, a joyous time in the Maj pit, just vibing. Uh, great vibes, interesting. New experience, but very interesting. I like it. I enjoyed it. Retweet, 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 retweet. Uh, you guys ready? Get into it. All right, all right. Uh, we'll start in the Western Conference. We'll start with the number one seed, the Utah Jazz. We're going to recap the round two uh, semifinals. Uh, the Utah Jazz, after going up 2-0, they, they lost four straight games to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, losing four two, uh, the Jazz cut Carter. How do you? You was you was the main one on it on us. Me and Demond telling us that Rudy Gobert not like that. No, we don't care about the Jazz as the one seed. It was all about the Lakers or the Clippers. Nobody's worrying about the Jazz. What should the Jazz do now? Trade the person you name. What did the I name? Two hundred seventy two million dollar man. Oh my goodness. Ah, uh, you you supposed to be a defensive player of the year. But you're getting you getting slayed by Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann and PG. You not you're not a valid defender outside of the the, the paint. Barely barely in the paint. You're really not a, a valid defender outside of the the key, the three in the key. Like if he comes out once he gets out of that area, he's a liability. He's too slow. And then I don't even want to talk about his offensive game. He has no moves. People say Giannis don't have no moves. Man, I got more moves than him. Gobert has no moves. None. Nada. Zero. So, if, when he's not good on defense, and he's also not that good on offense, what benefit does he have to your team? He's starting off hot. Just saying. And you got a team full of shooters, and he's not even getting the rebounds when your team keeps shooting. However... The Jazz were the number one three-point shooting team in the league this year. And unlike, like I mean, just like most teams, they died with it. 
However, we've only seen one team that was number one in three pointers actually make a, you know make something out of that. But that's because they were good in other aspects as a team. So was that team? Oh, Golden State. So now we go back to this Jazz team. Donovan Mitchell literally put his his health on the line. He out there giving him forty, playing forty some minutes, and it's still not enough. So I saw when Ingles and Bogdanovich go a little cold, and Jordan Clarkson is all you got off the bench. They need a valid big man. They don't have nothing they can rely on, like. Down low. Derek Favors wasn't going to do it, not at this point in his career. And we know Rudy Gobert not built like that. So, do you keep running it back with this same team? Are, are we satisfied with the one seed? I'm not. All right. Okay. Uh, Mike Conley is uh, oh, I forgot he was even there. His contract okay. expires this year. Uh, so, he's, he got paid $34 million this year. So, would they resign him or let him walk and have because they will have another max roster spot available if they choose to pursue it? It's up in the air. Uh, let him walk, Demond. Mm. How you feeling about the Jazz? They fought hard. Uh, we thought it was gonna be a great series. Uh, I just think when Kawhi was out after the last two games, the Jazz were in the position to take a hold of this series and win it, but they didn't pull it pull through. What's up? What should the Jazz do? Uh. I'm really not sure, like, what the flexibility of their roster is. Gobert, then, you know, he's bringing in the money. I believe his cap is going to be 47 mil. Donovan's sitting at 37 mil. Yeah, uh, next year, Rudy's is 35 mil, and Don Mitchell's 28 mil. Okay, don't know where I got my numbers from. That's <laughs> why you don't believe what you read on Twitter. But, hey, man, uh, hats off to the Clippers, man. They took advantage of Gobert, like they said in the post-game interview, their plan was to let Terrence Mann beat them, but he did. So um, I don't think something as simple as that, you know, for a head coach of the year candidate, Quinn Snyder, I mean, you got to swallow the bullet and take the defensive player off the year, of the year off the floor and make that change. I think it's going to have to, for them – just continue to get better. I mean, nobody expected them to be that this good that this year. What more can they add? They're not a big market. They really don't have much to give up. So, I mean, I'm not sure what the answer to that question is. What Doc Rivers said, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, there's no telling what the Jazz can do. But you go through Donovan Mitchell. You continue to rely on Rudy Gobert. Let's call it what it is. He's going to be a dominant defender no matter what. He's probably going to be an all-star in the big man category and be in the running for his fourth defense player of the year. It is what it is. You can hate it. It don't really matter. So they're going to probably keep him and try to build upon that. And we'll see them continue to fail or get better, one of the two. But I don't think they'll stay where they are. I mean, I think they got to, um, before I give it to Mace, then they got to go pursue a wing defender and a wing uh, player who can create their own shot. Like they need a, not a, they need a three and D, but also a three and D and a shot creator. I think that was, they was lacking this series. Cause every time Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson drove, they kick it to the shooters, Ingles, Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal. But then if they run them off the line, if your three is not falling, they weren't making the shots. They weren't making the, uh, the play. So I think but a wing defender. What? 
That's all. That's what all of those people you just named are. They they're all not shot are creators. They're not. I said I ain't a shot creator. Like off the dribble, driving. Well, there, there's one guy who does all of what you just described, and he's a free agent this year. Oh, he ain't gonna go there. He ain't gonna go. There. Kawhi. He ain't gonna go there though. <laughs> Kawhi's out there. Kawhi's out there. He's the. He's the. He's by far. I mean, he's obviously the best player in the agency, but. As I agree with Derrick and John, I mean, Derrick and DeMond, uh, there's nothing wrong with the Jazz. They just underperformed. Uh, Quinn Snyder got out coached by Talu. We need to be giving him a lot of credit. The game six, Terrence Mann situation, nobody could have predicted that. I don't hold that too much against Snyder and the Jazz. However, game seven in the third quarter, when they were up 20-something, and they let – and they uh, and because Quinn Snyder would not, as DeMond alluded to, pull Rudy Gobert off and bring in maybe a Joe Ingles uh, to help with perimeter defense. It was just getting obliterated by quarter threes the entire quarter, and Quinn Snyder never adjusted. That is why they lost. To not beat the Clippers team without their best player is a, as the first seed is remarkably embarrassing. Um, but the team, they just came off the first seed. They're a good team. They don't need much if they need anything. They just Hey, stuff just happens, man. This has been the SHIT happen uh, year of the NBA, in my personal – of the NBA playoffs, in my personal opinion. A lot of weird stuff is going on. Uh, but it's also – there's also a lot of parody. Uh, p- people have been playing, praying for parody for years. Outside of the Raptors winning in 2019, it's been, you know, one or two, maybe a third team. So I'm really enjoying the fact that the four remaining teams are most – outside of three people, there are no champions. It's going to be really nice to see how these uh, semifinals go down. But in terms of the Jazz, they just folded, bro. Like, they don't need to go and run and spend a whole bunch of money. I don't think they need to get Mike Conley back. And I also don't think that Gobert is an issue. Gobert is, a, Gobert is, is Gobert deserves all the accolades he has. He just didn't need to be on the court at that time. That's how I feel. This Jazz, is- bye-bye. The Clips, I love the Clips. No, actually, no, I hate the Clips. Why did I lie? I hate the Clips. They're not they're not winning more than two games against the uh, Suns, but I'll let Bruiser segue into that. So there's there's my spill. Before we go, um... hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I want to say this about Rudy Gobert. So in the closeout game, he was negative twenty four on plus minus, meaning when he's on the court, they're getting out scored by twenty four points. He played yes. 42, he played forty two minutes in that game. Then on top of that, he supposed to be DPOY, and this dominant big man down low, he has zero blocks. And back to back games, game seven, is game game six and five. Then on top of that, in the closeout game, the Clippers shot shot on him nineteen times in the second half. They made fifteen of those shots on him, seventy nine percent when he was guarding somebody. The, the nearest defender. On top of that, he makes ten million more dollars than Donovan Mitchell. He make forty seven million. Donovan make thirty seven. He's more. He's higher paid. He's higher paid than Jason Tatum, Donald Mitchell, Anthony Davis, and Jamal Murray, all who have had way better playoff moments than him. And you know how I feel about Tatum. He's been better in the playoffs than him. Okay, look, 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 look. So that negative 24 thing, that speaks directly into what I was referencing earlier about um, about uh, Ty Lue was spreading the floor. But the right. second half of game seven, he was spreading the floor. So he went, they were going negative 24 largely in part to the fact that they weren't attacking the basket. Right. Because because of Rudy Gobert's presence. Now, here's the thing. Yes, he's the COI. Um, 
But like at the end of the day, though, this isn't Draymond Green. This isn't Tony Allen. He's not. He's not effective when he's not in the paint. But so they got outscored. They weren't scoring on Gobert. They were scoring away from Gobert, and it was a it was a failed it was a failed effort at Quinn Snyder to address the Terrence Mann corner three situation. But that's that's to me what I was think going it was on. A mix, that, and that was the that was game five. But in game six, they were going at him like it was. It was like, bro, they shoot. Reggie Jackson literally was going straight at him. It was almost like unbelievable to see you got a seven footer right there getting slayed by a six three guard. Gobert, uh, hey, look, if we can, in, in terms of the money thing, bro, Nipitoon making thirty-five million. It's a lot of weird contracts out there. It's almost as if, it's almost as if like, it's almost as if like you get an all-star and it's like you can get a max contract. I don't think Rudy Gobert deserves a max because he's not offensively capable enough. But he makes more money than Donovan Mitchell. They also signed a contract at different times. You know, that's just yeah. one of those things. And I don't, also- I'm not I was about to say, and it also ties in with the All NBA teams, the Defense Player of the Year awards, the um, All Star accolades. All ties into your contract incentive, so that's why Gobert money is extremely higher than Donovan Mitchell's, even though. Although he's, he's and, although, and although he's making more money, arguably more than he deserves, I don't think trading him is the way. First seed, you gotta understand. Regular season does not matter as much as the playoffs, but it does matter, and it does set you up to be in a position to succeed in the playoffs. The Jazz were in that position. They just they just crapped the bed, bro. I don't really know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that team when I look at them. Honestly, I don't think I, there's I, anything I, wrong with that I, team. I feel but like they just they just didn't deliver. And to and to get beat by a Kawhi Leonard Clippers, they just I feel I don't like know, man. I feel like in a year where the Lakers are out, the Nets are out, and all these other teams that everybody was high on are out. The Jazz is supposed to be one of those teams remaining, and they aren't. And I don't think that's. That, and they've been they've been one of the most consistent teams at making the playoffs. So now, all these other teams are showing that they're you know we they feel like they're ready. They feel like they've overcome it. So now I feel like they're gonna fall behind if they keep they, if they keep the same team. Which brings me, I think they're gonna make a trade. I think they're gonna go out and get somebody similar to what the Suns did, getting Chris Paul. Maybe not that same caliber player, but they're gonna this offseason they're gonna go out and try to land somebody. Like OKC did when it got Paul George, you, a small you, market team is about to go out and get a, a big uh, time. Would you? Star. Would you? You see them trading for Kimba from OKC? Is Mike Conley gonna be gone? Maybe that may that might be what they do. I feel like that would that should help. Break. Right. That would be smooth. That would be smooth. Mike, because Mike Conley, you let Mike Conley walk. Kimba walk in. Kimba knows not his team. Mike Conley kind of on the he on that later half of his career. He can go play with some veteran. He'll he, like I can see him going to like a Clipper or or Brooklyn or something like that just to be just to be on the team or associated with a team. And, like yeah, that. the Thunder just want picks right now What's anyway. So give him a pick like? later. Who? Clark Clarkson in a pick. Ingles. I'm um, no Clarkson. Oh, Bogey. They not giving up. Like. I think they give up just straight picks. And they, I think they give up a player to make the money. And a player picks and a player. A player would probably be like. Cause I think Kim will make like thirty million or twenty eight million. Got to make the money work, depending but on the cap. They losing, but they losing. losing Conley, Conley, yeah, you're right. Conley contract. They don't have to give up anybody. Right, right. You're right. But that's just the idea. It's just they need something else, and it's like I feel bad for Kimber, but Kimber is really on that point where it's like you, he's about to start getting treated like nobody wants you. You at that point in your career right now, your contract big, and okay, so you don't even want you. They just traded for you just because. So maybe Utah should make that call. 
he's not the least he's not the least valuable point guard right. making thirty plus million dollars in the NBA. So you know what I'm saying? But we'll get there later. We'll get there later. <laughs> All right. Uh we move on to the Phoenix Suns sweeping the Denver Nuggets. In four games, the MVP, Jokic, left it all out there on the court. But we know Jamal Murray, he, he tried his best, but he, he inevitably failed. For the uh, Denver Nuggets, uh, Paul Millsap contract is, is expiring. JaVale McGee contract is expiring as well. Murray makes 29, $31 million next year. Jokic makes $30 million. Will Barton has a player option of $14 million next year. And Aaron Gordon is set to make $16 million. I'm gonna go first. It's time we, uh, we we was pitching this last year to the Nuggets to go out and get a superstar or a star because they I felt they didn't have the adequate enough help after losing with Murray being injured, coming off ACL injury, Michael Porter Jr. being inconsistent. Go out and try to get Bradley Bill from Washington. Pair Jokic with a true number two, a true superstar, quote unquote. I mean, my bad, offensive superstar. And I think try to run it back in the the battle tested West. I think that's the plan that Mike Michael uh-huh. Malone should pursue. I wholeheartedly think you flip Michael Porter Jr. for Bradley Bill. You gotta add picks that's, and that's not, that's, not, that's not equal at all. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, <laughs> the Wizards, the Wizards got the Wizards already understand that they're not getting full value. Michael Porter Jr. on a rookie contract. Bradley Bill is like a top ten contract in the league, so that's already that. They got Aaron Gordon. They got Murray. He that's a good person to fill in with. And as far as the Wizards, they're about to be the new Pistons of the of the NBA. So I feel similarly about the Nuggets as I do the Jazz. Like they just got beat, bro. Like I, I But no, no, they didn't they didn't win a game though. Bro, listen, I don't know what's going on with these Suns win streaks. They <laughs> closed out they closed out last season eight no. They have won eight in a row. I don't know if we have fully realized that yet, but the Suns have. have won eight in a row. So, I mean, look, I'm going to say that, you know, I'm going to put it on wax. Do not be surprised if the Suns sweep the Clippers too, bro. Do not be surprised. Because mm. with with or without Chris Paul, okay? Not saying Chris Paul is not valuable. Not saying they don't need Chris Paul to win the championship. But do not be surprised if they beat the Kawhi-less Clippers without um, Chris Paul. Without Ka- without Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul playing, because I think Monty Williams is a better coach than uh than Ty Lue. Ooh, um, Ty. He is. Uh, can we? I'll, can you legitimately say that? He is. Can you legitimately yeah. say? That? He's never yeah. had the best player in the league to coach. <laughs> he is. I don't know the way the adjustments Ty Lue be making in game. But I'm not saying Ty no slouch either. That's not like don't when I when I put one above somebody, I don't mean I'm dissing him. Ty got a ring as a coach. I'm not playing him. You know what I'm saying? But when the Suns get hot, no, I agree with that. When Devin Booker, when Devin Booker hit six field goals in a row in the fourth quarter, man. I see him do that live. I watched him do that live. I said, damn. I said, damn, this boy cold. Like, is it that mid-range? What'd you say about the mid-range stat, bro? That mid- his mid-range game, like, I thought Kawhi oh, had the best mid-range. Uh, Stan Van Gundy uh, said while commentating the game the importance of the mid-range and said you need to have a, a player who can hit the mid-range in the playoff games. Mid-range wins playoff games, not three-pointers. And the Suns have two of them for <laughs> mid-range jump shooters. Right. So, the two of the, you know what I'm saying? That's why, and that's why I say Kawhi. They miss Kawhi because Kawhi owns that. Like that's his thing. That's his game. And 
A lot of teams lack that. That's why, you know, my, I think that boy, one of your favorite players, is going to be a high commodity next year, Bruiser. That boy, DeMar, who the best in the league behind you? Me, me, and me. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, But back to the Nuggets. Uh, DeMar, what do you think about the Nuggets? Uh, Running back with a healthy Jamal Murray and a progressing MPJ or try to land a, a star? Um, I would like to see them running back with a healthy Jamal Murray. I definitely think not having them against Phoenix. When you're talking about a team, when you guys are talking about Devin Booker and how elite of a scorer he is and everything he's able to do at all different levels, that's what Jamal Murray is for the Nuggets. I mean, when they get cold, they look to him for a basket. Um, we know how big he's played in the playoffs, and the pick and roll with him and Jokic is one of the best in the league. That's something that they didn't have in their full arsenal and trying to do it from a different extent with Aaron Gordon is just not going to hit the same. So I'd like to see them uh, bring Jamal Murray back, have him, um, you know, try to see if they can take that step. I mean, let's look at it. They were just in the Western Conference Finals. They had the MVP. We saw Jokic get better. Michael Porter is only going to get better. He's still got a lot of solid pieces. They can bring back Austin Rivers and Monte Morris. It's, it's a lot going for the Nuggets. And um, while, yes, you could try to get a player like Bradley Beal, you're going to, you know, ultimately have to come off things, see what you can add before having to move off other pieces. And we'll see what the free agency, free agent market looks like for the Nuggets. But I don't think, just as Maceo said, just like the Jazz, there's not much that they can do. I mean, they, they have a lot of talent that they could piece together, but I'm not sure as if immediately I would give it one more go if it was me I believe they have the abundance of talent to win a championship I do okay all right all right um we move on to the eastern conference uh we'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks shocking the world defeating the Brooklyn Nets in seven games uh Kyrie and Kyrie Irving suffered a high ankle sprain injury I left them out of the remaining remainder of the games I believe five six and seven James Harden tried to come back and play off his injured hamstring, and he did. And Kevin Durant was sensational, having a triple-double in his Game 5 performance and playing another. And he played 48 minutes in that Game 5. And Game 7 played 53 minutes, almost won the game prior to overtime, but his his foot was on the line. What did they say in that commercial? His foot was on the line. Demond, Brooklyn Nets ambassador. Expiring contracts, you guys have Jeff Green, Tyler Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie plans to opt out of his 12 million player option. Um, three max contract spots. Joe Harris is making 17 million dollars next year. We all know super teams get better in year two. Is that how you feeling coming into next season? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, man, if I'm the Nets, I'm not panicking. Okay. This was a very nuanced loss to the Bucks. Okay. You got you bring together these three superstars, they all play great when they do play throughout the regular season and two of them are injury prone asterisk and um, in the playoffs, specifically speaking, Kyrie carried the team throughout the regular season. He got hurt. They lose. If you're the Nets, you do not have to panic here. You do not have to start throwing money anywhere. Dang. It, I feel like, I feel like I'm saying the same thing about all these teams. You just have to, they got a poor look at the draw. That game was winnable. Now those games, six and seven, obviously six, but game seven was a very winnable game. Um, they didn't pull through. Don't panic, man. Run it back. LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh lost the first year when they got together. It's all good. You, you, that team, if they're all healthy, they should still win the East next year, potentially win the finals next year. Just get everybody back together. 
get everybody back healthy, keep Blake Griffin. He played very well. He played above what people thought he was going to play in the playoffs. Um, you have the you have three of maybe the you have three of like the seven best scorers on the entire NBA on your team. It will work out. Don't freak out. Run it back year two. Get that championship. That's how I feel about the Nets. I forgot to add Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown contracts are expiring as well. Uh, Demon, do you agree with Mace? I do. They the GM came out today and said I believe Blake, Jeff Green, and Joe Harris specifically got oh Bruce Brown instead of Joe Harris are guys that they are circling to get back. I think Joe Harris. Uh, when you consistently in a seven game series, if Brooklyn maybe would have lost in six or something, you know, but Joe Harris had some pretty good looks and a lot of minutes that he just was not able to capitalize off. I believe he may be a center point in trade talks for them, but I mean, it's not a lot of flexibility, but they have the talent. The talent is there. Kyrie was hurt, Harden injured. Um, and Katie, for we know how I feel about Katie, best player in the world. You tie it all together, uh, another year for Steve Nash, and see what it looks like. I like to see them do something. It remains to see, be seen what the Bucks do, but a guy like PJ Tucker who can come in and take a lot off the plate for them defensively would be nice. We already know the relationship he has with Katie, uh, something like that. They need a, a three and D guy who can go in and take that best matchup for them, and they can spread out just like a lot of good teams have had before championship winning teams. So we'll see if they're able to add a piece that they need, which I believe is a three and D player. Before I give to you. Sure, Derek. <laughs> before I give to you, Derek, before I give to you, I got to say, um, Harden, Durant, Irving have player options, not next season, but the year after. And I think if this team does not win a championship for Brooklyn, I think it's time. It is going to be panic mode. I think next season for them is like kind of a panic mode to win the championship because Harden, Durant, and a character like, you know what? I don't want to be here and just opt out of their 40 million and go play somewhere else. So I think, although that that is probably unlikely, I think that's still a possibility, especially if he don't like the culture of Brooklyn. They don't think C. Nash is doing a good job. They think the, uh, they have the right talent to surround them. After the next season, them guys could be like, you know what? We can go opt out and just go get more money somewhere else. So, and play somewhere they want to be at. So, it's definitely championship or bust for the Nets next season, healthy or not healthy. It's uh, it's championship or bust. Cut Carter. The big three will be back for them, obviously. Uh, Blake can definitely use this tire, this 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 run he just went on to cash in somewhere else and play with somewhere else he prefers to play. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he went back, but again, I think he got a good chance to go to cash in. Bruce Brown is in that. 20, what that was, 2019, 2018 draft. He was drafted with uh, Kevin Herter and him, whatever draft they was. Um, so he's got the cash in as well. He showed he showed that he was valuable in his, his minutes. He's not going to get a max or anything like that, but he's definitely going to get broke off a couple, like almost eight figures, at least an eight-figure contract per year. Um, who else they got over there? Joe Harris, I mean – they paid Joe Harris to be Joe Harris. Sometimes shots don't fall. That's kind of what, you know, you're a shooter, you're a shooter. You're going to keep shooting. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie will be a big loss, I think. But I think they missed him. I think having him off the bench or having him in Kyrie absence would have made a, a big difference. But now this is his chance to go try to get him a starting job somewhere else because I know he wasn't too high on being a backup. <laughs> I know he wasn't too high on being a backup. So I, I could see him going somewhere else trying to get a starting job. And then um, 
ultimately they, they the thing people say they didn't need is what they need. They need defense. So no matter how good your offense is, you have to have that defense. And KD being your best defender wasn't going to cut it. They need to go get somebody that's actually like a, you know, that's going to lock up or lock up every, you know, can lock up 48 minutes or have a long and don't have to worry about scoring. It's hard to play to be the best defender and be the best scorer on the team, which is what, you know, the true best player in the league does when it's the crunch time in games. Had to get that in there. I like it. Yeah, he threw it in there for me. I had to throw mine back. <laughs> um, before we go move to the last team, are there more Brooklyn Nets news? Ooh. Oh, is DeAndre Jordan a contract up? Uh, let me take a looky look. Uh, his contract is it's not up. He gets paid nine million next year. Nine point eight. Jeremy. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, we got to talk about the series that just ended in an amazing game seven. The Atlanta Hawks defeat the Philadelphia 76ers in seven games. Um, the big talk of the time is Ben Simmons and his performance. Uh, Doc Rivers loses yet another playoff series that goes seven games where they were the heavy favorites for the Sixers. Expiring contracts include Danny Green, Mike Scott, Dwight Howard, and Cork Mass, they're uh, the three sh- three point shooters that has started in place of Danny Green. Uh, what should the 76ers do, guys? I'll go first. Ben Simmons, I'm talking to you. Okay. You are an NBA player who is a star. Yeah. And I'm a, you're a star. In the regular season, you're a star for sure. I'm not even going to hold it. I'm not even going to hold you. How is it that you've been in the league for five years? Let me know. And you are unable, able. unwilling to really? shoot a jump shot. We've been saying this forever, okay? I've been on the trade, Ben, because we've been talking about, in the NBA sports media outlet, the we. this is not the first time people have discussed Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, should one go, who should go? True. My answer is the same for maybe two, two and a half years. Simmons is the one that has to go. And this series vindicates me in every way possible. You hear that, Derek? You utterly and thoroughly ashamed that you are your team's second best player and your coach feels like he can't have you on the court because you can't hit a free throw because mm. you want to shoot 34% in the playoffs. Mm. You should feel really and utterly ashamed. Mm. And, and, I, and I hated his post-loss interview where he was like, it is what it is. No, you're not what we think you are. And you oh, need no. to start taking that seriously or your team will never succeed. But I say personally, Trade Ben Simmons to a team that needs a point guard. He's not without value, but in the playoffs, without a jump shot, he's ultimately worthless. Send him to someone like the Thunder or maybe the maybe the Timberwolves. Mm. Pair him with Cat. Maybe they could get something going because that team needs defense. Ant Cat, Ant uh, Ant Cat, uh, and Ben Simmons. I feel like they could be talking about something there. That's just that's how I feel. Sixers, you failed it. I I don't. I really feel bad for Doc because he's going to get a lot of the flack, and I'm not going to say he doesn't deserve it. Because talent-wise, if you if you go down one for one, the Phillies are a much more talented team than the Hawks. They got outplayed. Trey Young didn't play well, but guess what? All his homies came to shoot, so it didn't end up not mattering. So it was a great series to watch. Ben Simmons, you basically suck. I'm sorry. He needs to go. Keep Embiid. Build around Embiid. You need guys around Embiid 
who can shoot. It, it, it's not going to work. Philly is never going to win a championship with Ben Simmons as their point guard. They're here first. And I also like to add that the Sixers are the more experienced team than the Atlanta Hawks. And they, that just happened. So, crazy. I'm older than the Hawks players. It's crazy, bro. <laughs> Cut Carter. The process, huh? Yeah, it's over. It's over. They said uh, one of the funniest tweets I saw. One of the funniest tweets I saw was Markel Fultz would have scored more points than Ben Simmons, and I said, "Yeah, he probably would have." And they they let him leave because they tried to rush the process. Um, this this team, I've been saying blowing up for blowing up for a minute, and a couple of times I I would say the wrong person. Yes, sir. Admit I, it. I can I can admit that I used to. <laughs> I you know I, you know Ben got LSU ties, so I can admit that I was on the wrong side of uh blowing it up but now I can honestly say there's no way there's no way he could come back and start for your team next year and I I'm big you know Ben is clutch sports has been I'm like I'm really pro Ben I like him I do I am confused as to how like from college to now the the shot got worse because in college you shoot him <laughs> so I, I just don't get like I don't know what to disconnect I used to, I I've literally seen with my own two eyes been shoot a mid-range and it looked good and then somewhere, but like, but then this is why it's not all his fault. Philly has historically effed up multiple people's shot. Like Markel, Markel was a shooter before he, Markel could shoot before he got there. Then all of a sudden it was like Markel's shots messed up. No, y'all coached him to mess up his shot. And I think the same thing happened with Ben and whoever their shooting coach is needs to be <laughs> fired immediately. Spell. And I, I think they regret letting JJ Reddick walk because JJ used to help out a lot with getting shoot getting shooters to shoot and like JJ Reddick used to help with uh Lonzo as well like when he was with the Pelicans so I know JJ was trying to help with them guys out and now your veteran presence is gone you also have Danny Green on your team I mean there's so many shooters on the team Seth Kirk can you not watch them shoot like is it is that not an option to learn from somebody else I don't know so they say he's gonna switch his shooting hand uh but I don't think it really matters at this point. I think they regret not trading him for um, Harden or Kyle Lowry or whatever they want to do. They had their chance to get moving. Now his value is going to be lower because he just did this. And I don't think there's no coming back from this, this type of loss in 2021. So I do believe they have to move him. I do also think that Tobias Harris deserves a little blame. And I don't know if he can make it in Philly either. Cork Mods was really solid. I think he got a chance to go get an eight-figure eight payday, at least $10 million somewhere. He, re, he reminds me of Dario Sarge, who the Sixers also let go or traded. Um, this all goes back to Philly front office, though. A lot of their decision-making was off. Didn't they take Ben before Tatum? Yeah, that was the Lonzo draft. Nah, ben was the first-round pick, though. Yeah. Yeah, they took Ben before Tatum. Um, they took they have Fultz already. Um, they also traded Mikael Bridges to the Suns for Zaire Smith. And I I told you all season, but Mikael is not no somebody to sleep on. And that it was the Brandon Ingram, it was Simmons, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown draft. Okay. And it was the year after. Brandon Ingram would be a better fit with Joel and B right now, or Jalen, either one of them, honestly. So yeah. It's just they, the GM, their front office deserves a lot of this blame because their decision making has brought them to this point. Mm. But I think Danny Green's gone. I think Cork Moss is gone because he got they don't, they don't have any money. 
Like they gotta trade Ben to pay people. I think they're gonna package Harris and Simmons. That's how they get Simmons out of there. Harris and Simmons to the to the uh to the Rockets for for John Wall. They, they ain't making them better. <laughs> I'm just doing. I'm just giving an example of a team that got somebody. I don't know. Do they, do they try to send him to the to the, well, no the Thunder not trading Shea, so I don't know where they can send him, but they got to get him out of there. Uh, Demond. I say Timberwolves. Timberwolves got D'Lo. I don't think they want him either. Yeah, he friends with Cat. Maybe like tight for lifers. Well, I don't know. I mean, Wizards. Hey, the Wolves. Wizards about to the Wizards about to start over. They could they they could send them both for, for like a Bradley Bill type thing. I I could see that. Mm, gotta be. Then I don't Darryl, know about Russ. I don't. I don't think Russ. Russ. Russ doesn't want to be there, so I don't. I can't Darryl, see. Daryl Morey's an aggressive GM, so he's going to make a move this offseason. Yeah, he, somebody's going to be gone. But I just remember early on the season, I said I had the Celtics playing the Lakers in the finals, and then I came back and I said the Celtics not showing me enough. I'm gonna switch my pick to Philly. But then we got to these offs, and I watched them, and I said, no, it just it it came over me, and I couldn't. I couldn't even pick them in in the series because I couldn't stand on them doing anything after what I saw. Mm. So goodbye and good riddance to the the Ben Simmons MB process. I think it's over. Do you agree, Demar? I'll tell you right now. You can come get Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, and the first <laughs> Ben Simmons. <laughs> we'll play him at the five, man. We'll take that right now. Five or four. He, I like it. He can come play for Brooklyn. Get yourself a couple shooters. Dinwiddie can score. Give him the ball. He can go cook for it. Hey, man. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> I, I, now, that would be crazy to see how. They're not doing that. They, need, they, they don't need picks that. They can't afford it. They but, can't afford it. Uh, nothing realistic I saw was uh, most likely if Dame does confirm that he would like to be traded, Ben and Tobias uh, to Portland, start a full rebuild, get a pick in addition to Ben and Tobias for Dame. It wouldn't be bad. I like that for Philly. I think they've become immediate favorites. Yes, I say it, said it, favorites in the East with Dame and Embiid. Um, you, know you, don't, you know you don't believe that. I do. <laughs> over KD and them, you really believe that? Look, bro, a lot of me right now. Dame is my second favorite player in the league right now, and I, I can honestly say I think the Nets still would probably beat. <laughs> I think I think Dame, just off, we know his elite shot making ability and everything like that. The different change of pace as far as uh, competition in the East would be a step up for him because he would automatically, him and Kyrie, I just think right there one and two as far as point guards in the east then you talk about him being able to finally delegate to somebody i mean to match made in heaven for him i think portland gonna move cj before they move Dan. i agree they're I, gonna get, they're gonna make they're gonna try to bring him back one more year they're gonna try to make it work with Dame before they yeah because they, they they you know, for like i get what you're saying though like if he come out and say it but like to them he's the franchise he is the franchise so it's like you can't really come up off him for for like philly though and B's the franchise. Like, once you kind of stamp who's the franchise guy, then it's like, okay, everybody else is kind of expendable if, if it's making us better. Yeah. I don't know who the person they're going to get for it is, but the trade that the Portland Trailblazers need to make is McCollum, Nurkic, pick. Go get a star big. I don't know who. I don't know who. Maybe Cap. I like Cap. You think they should go big? You think they should go big and not? Score? If you keep Dane, you got to go big. That's the way I feel. Yeah. 
And you I can't think, and they're, I can't you think need, anybody out there, to be honest. Giannis, huh? You say I no, I can't think of I can't think anybody out there like big wise, to be honest. Honestly, the only person I can think of is Cat. I think Cat needs to leave Tim, the Timberwolves. But like we're not talking about teams that aren't in the playoffs right now. When we, we yeah. already talked yeah, about but, so, but yeah, I don't know. But the people that to fix the Trailblazers, get a star big, McCullum Nurkic in a pick. That's what I think. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any more news regarding the teams that are eliminated in the conference semifinals? Nope. All right, let's get our NBA conference finals predictions on wax. We'll start with the series that already started on um, ooh, Sunday. Losing my days. Uh, the Suns are currently up 1-0 on the Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi is out for game two. Chris Paul still in COVID protocol. D-Book versus Paul George. Suns, Clippers, uh, I can go first. I have the Suns in six. I think the Clippers love being down 0-2 for some reason, so I think they would come back and make this a series. However, I have the Suns pulling it through. Uh, I do agree with uh, Mace that Monty Williams is the better coach than Ty Lue, even though I don't think the gap is that wide. And then they now have a superstar in Phoenix by the name of Devin Booker. So I think the Suns will stamp. <laughs> so I think the Suns will win this game. Uh Cam Payne contributes. Um Michael Bridge con- contributes. DeAndre Ayton. Remember we were talking about the Jazz and Suns earlier and uh cut and you weren't so sure about Ayton. He could be that that guy in the postseason. He's proved it so far going up against AD before the injury, going up against uh Jokic, going now, going up against um Zubak or whoever, Nicholas Batum, whoever they throw at him. So I think Aiden has arrived. He is living up to that. First overall pick, Billing. And, yeah, and shout-out James Jones, executive of the year, acquiring Chris Paul, acquiring Jay Crowder, just building a complete team. So have the Suns make it to the finals for the first time since I don't even remember. Hey. Barkley? I'll, I'll go through and say it. And before my time. Suns and five. Suns and five. Suns y'all tripping. I agree with y'all, but y'all tripping because y'all already know what time it is. Suns and four. Sons and Sons four. <laughs> the Clippers are not beating this team, bro. They're going to go. They're going to go into the NBA Finals on a, in a on an eleven win streak. Mm. That's what I say. You mean twelve? Wait. Yeah. Wait. Nine, 10, no, 11. it's eleven. It's eleven. Because the series games left. They won eight. They after they was down one two against the Lakers, they beat them three times. No, they beat oh, them the three. They be, I thought they won. I thought they went down one zero. Oh no, they did win the first one, game. two. They beat the Lakers three times, swept the Nuggets, and they beat the Clippers. Eight game win streak. Okay, 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 okay. What about you, Demond? I've got the Suns making the finals in five. I think uh, the Clippers. I like the Suns go up at least three zero. Mm. Not three zero. I'd like them to go up two zero, like the Clippers, to get one back in LA. And then Chris Paul probably comes back around game four and puts the starts to put the nail in the coffin in that one. Starts to dead that comeback, all that, like you said, going down 2-0. Yeah. Think he comes in, sets the tone in his former home in L.A. And that's going to be big for them, for him to bring that presence back and him to get over that emotional piece of never being able to get to that next level in a team that many would say he had his best chance years after years to do it. It's going to be big for Chris Paul to have that as a stepping stone. So, sons of five. 
All right. And for the Eastern Conference Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number three seed, will face against the Atlanta Hawks, the number five seed. I have the Bucks in five. I, I, I thank the Hawks. They they overachieved like, like crazy. No DeAndre Hunter, no Cam Reddish being the Knicks, being the Sixers. But I think this is when they meet reality. And I think this reality is battle tested. The Bucks overcame the demon, the demon of the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant being a, a great player. And after this game, they have no pressure on them. They are confident that they can go into any situation and win. And I think they will have the Bucks in five. Coach Bud Revenge Tour. The goals gravity. gravity. Give me the Hawks in seven. <laughs> Your Atlanta. And then guess what? They beat him in seven and Bud gets fired by the team that he left. Mm. The team he didn't want to rebuild with. The team that rebuilt rebuilt so organically and so healthy that they're back in the offs this soon. Hmm. With a real coach. It would have been six years. That's bro. You know how long it takes teams to rebuild, especially teams that can't get stars. Like the the Suns were in a 10-year playoff draw. I see. They can't get stars. (laughs) If your team can't get stars, it's hard. Yeah, I got Atlanta in seven, though. I think I think this is where. Like Giannis might get his, but he gonna need. This is the series. Drew gonna have to be. He got to be better for sure. Yeah, Drew got to be like <laughs> that. Uh, Pelicans, Trailblazer series. Drew. Yeah, I think he 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 exerted a lot of energy guarding Kyrie and Harden. So I think there's no player on the Hawks. I mean, you could, I mean, you could put Trey, but Trey ain't gonna have you working like Kyrie and Harden. Respectfully. Oh man. I think Trey gonna make him work. Trey, Trey makes your whole defense operate differently. I mean, so does Kyrie Harden sometimes. So who's not winning, Mace? Oh, I mean, okay. Look, <laughs> when, it to, when it comes to series that are really close, I think this game is. I think the series is going seven. Yeah. I like to look at what, how many things have to go right for each team in order for them to succeed. I think for the Bucks, that list is shorter, so I'm going to go Bucks and seven. I think. I, I don't think this game isn't going – I don't think this series is not going seven games. I think Trey Young gets proven that six times out of seven, he can put up a, a performance that can carry your team. Uh, <laughs> six times out of seven, you know, that's 83% of the time he can put up a performance that can carry your team. Um, but in order for the Hawks to succeed, you they need bogey to be hit. Against the Bucks, against Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and uh, that other guy, um, they need – Porter to succeed. They need Bogey to succeed. They need, um, well, I'm not going to mention him. Of course, Trey Young, he doesn't really need to be play that well, but he needs to set his team up in order for them to get the shots that they need to succeed. Uh, I think Giannis, I think the Giannis is going to look much more like an MVP than he did in the uh, last series. Uh, because what the Hawks going to do about Giannis? Like, they what are they going to do? Capella is not who he was three or four years ago. Um, he has, he's nimble, but he's not very forceful. He's not very strong. Embiid, I'm sorry, Embiid played much better than him most of that last series. And plus now, they have, they have uh, Brooke Lopez as well. That's what Capella going to have to deal with. And Capella and John Collins, man. Oh my goodness. Giannis might put up 53 times this series. And I'm not, that's like, I don't even like Giannis like that, but they have nothing for him, you know? So 
because the Bucks have less boxes to check, also Chris Middleton has been playing lights out. You know what I'm saying? He's been a very, very strong number two. Sometimes occasionally number one for the uh just just maybe he's the, it, he's the closer. He's the closer for sure. He's the closer. You know what I'm saying? When you need that bucket in the fourth quarter, he's been delivering. We've been seeing great things from from Chris Middleton ever since Giannis put him on his all-star team. And everybody was like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh Bucks have less boxes to check, Bucks in seven. And the mine. I am going to take the Bucks in six. I think from what my perspective, every box that I wanted to see them check in the series against Brooklyn, they checked it. Um, Middleton and Drew, I said that they needed to hit the big shots. You think about, I believe it was game three after the Bruce Brown layup, Drew had a spin yep. layup to put them up in that game and forced a tough shot for Katie for the win. Uh, game six, Chris Middleton was the closer, 38. <laughs> Uh, an elimination game, got a winner, go home. Those t- those guys stepped up. And even Giannis in game seven, we talk about, you know, not the, the bag of arson. He doesn't have the arson that we would all want out of a superstar player, but a minute left in the game, he hits the jump hook to put them up too. I mean, I got to give the Bucks their credit. I think PJ, uh, the, the combination of PJ and Drew and Middleton, being able to throw different things at Trey, not having DeAndre Hunter is definitely going to, uh, finally catch up to the Hawks this series. I feel like not having that length and outside shooting prowess that they like out of him is definitely going to catch up with them. And I think that, as Maceo was saying, Giannis is going to take advantage inside. Uh, and something that really hurt the Nets was not being able to play DeAndre Jordan inside uh, and what he could have done for Giannis. When you think about that for this series, they do have Capella, who's very capable inside, but that takes away Brooke Lopez and him being to. De- being able to defend on the outside, which we just saw Rudy Gobert get ate up and talked about all series for. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Hawks and Nate McMillan um, gel in this series because, like Bruce said, don't, they don't have the experience and everything. And the Bucks are favored in almost every category, but the Hawks just played against something like that. So if the Hawks could come out in Milwaukee game one and set the tone like they did in Philly, yep. this is going to get nasty. Yep, I agree. I, I think game one is pivotal. If the Hawks do what they did against Philly, leave it against, against the Knicks, they're going to have that confidence. Have, they're going to have all that confidence in them. They think they can win this series. So, got a game one in Milwaukee, and Bucks got to put their foot on their throats. Is there any more uh, NBA playoff news before I ask an NBA-related question? All good. All right. Uh, guys, I got a question for you guys. Not not a hard question. I just want to hear you guys' is, what which NBA head coach opening head coach job opening is the best in your opinion? We got the Mavericks, we have the Pelicans, we have the Trailblazers, we have the Celtics, we have the Magic. There we go, and we have the Pacers, and we may have two other head coach openings depending on this Hawks Buck series. They may fire Coach Bud, or the Hawks may not want to keep Nate McMillan. Uh, which head coach which head coach job do you think is the best? I'm going to tell you right now, I believe that Celtics is the best job for me. And I'm going to tell you why. I think between Jason Brown, Jaylen, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, of course, you have one of the top young duos in basketball. But with Brad Stevens being in the head coaching job, there's going to be a lot of flexibility. I feel like if someone can come in and have a voice. That's the biggest thing for me in this position. Are they going to be able to run the team as they see fit? Or is Brad Stevens being elevated to this role just a deeper meaning of him being able to kind of 
pull the pieces, but also like I don't want to see them bring in somebody who's just going to be running Brad's game plan. I want to see somebody who can have a relationship with Brad and get the players that they want in there to run a system that is new to these players. Um, and I think if that's the approach that's be taken with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, all respect to Dame and Luca, those two together, they do have the ability to win a championship. Uh, I think it's the best job. The silly job is the best job. I I don't know about championship yet. I think it's more, way more required than people think to win a championship. But I think I do think the Celtics had the best roster, which is why I say it's the best job. So, oh, I also like that the Wizards have a head coach head coach opening as well. You could have kept that. <laughs> nope, I don't expect Russell Westbrook or Bradley Bill to be on that team next year. So. It's, I just I don't even care. But if they are there, then I guess maybe it'll be a good job to not really. Probably like the sixth worst job. Um or sixth best job. Uh but I do think the chance to play with a, a, a superstar dame and get CJ flipped for somebody else would excite me. I think when you got a team like the Blazers, it was it's not when you have you got a top five, top six player in the league, what more could you ask for as far as like as far as implement like implementing the system because you know it's gonna be good with him. It's really just the pieces around him. However, I think that can be said about the Celtics job as well. But as far as if you want to be a coach and have time to grow as a coach, you know what I'm saying? Like you are unproven coach, you haven't really accomplished anything. It's gonna be your first job. I think taking that um that wizard's job or the patient job might be in one well, of no, wizard's job would be in your best interest. Any of those playoff teams is going to be more pressure. And then the Pelicans is just going to be pressure because of the players that you have on that team. And everybody expects a lot out of them now. Mace, uh, seven head coach openings right now. The Wizards, the Pacers, the Pelicans, Mavericks, Blazers, Magic, and Celtics. And it may also be another one with the depending on the Bucks hawks series. Uh, which head coaching job do you think is the best? Man, it's, it's really obviously the Celtics, bro. Like, it's obviously the Celtics. You look at the rosters they've had for the last three to four years, they are they are the one team. If, they're, if I had to list, let's say there was a poll, right? What team in the NBA in the last five years should have won a ring at some point? They're at number one on that list, in my personal opinion. How do they not have a ring yet? You know what I'm saying? Um, if you want, you want the talent on that team. You have Jason Tatum and Bray, Jalen Brown. Uh, you just got Al Horford back, hilariously. Um, Kemba's gone, but with those guys, or with those two, the first two guys I named, forget Al Horford. We ain't got to go there. Um, but with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, man, that is a that is a duo. That's a potential future superstar duo. You know, like you gotta, you that team should have made it somewhere by now. Um, if you can, you can make that team work very easily. And the expectations are going to be rather significant, yes. But the right man with the right plan, I guess you could say this for anywhere, but the right man will make that team work. Celtics should have had a ring in the last five years at some point, and I hope they get one in the next four. And I'm a Lakers fan. like, But it's, it's absurd. It's that absurd that I'm a Lakers fan saying, hey, these guys need to win because I would hate for Jason Tatum's career and Jalen Brown's career to be spent there for an entire decade or something like that. And there's no gold on their fingers because of it. So that's where I'm at. 
I agree. I think the best job is the Celtics. Uh, you got Tatum and Brown. But I also feel like the job where a head coach doesn't won't feel any kind of pressure. They can just go in there, coach, develop young talent is the Orlando Magic. Uh, we talked about it last podcast, how they have a crop of young talent. I think getting a first-time head coach in there just to develop that talent, hopefully develop them into stars, Chuma, Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz. I think a, a coach like like Chauncey Billups can go in there, develop some talent, and just get, 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 just build it year by year, just getting better each year. Sometimes how the Bucks emerge. Sometimes how the Atlanta Hawks emerge. So I think the magic, if I'm a head coach and I just want to get some my feet wet, but also build a great group of uh, talent is the Orlando Magic. Show for show. Um, any more head coach opening jobs? I know Cut Carter, uh, Stan Van Gundy was fired. Uh, to your, were you happy or you were you was that to your dismay? I'm glad he out of there. I don't understand why you got a young team and you playing a bunch of veterans. It don't make sense. Let the young guys play. It's that simple. <laughs> simple as that. Uh, did you guys see the Team USA roster for basketball? Uh, I'm not really that interested this time around. I think they win though. I just don't think it mad like. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so far the commit commits are Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, James Harden, Bradley Bill, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Bam Adebayo. Uh, some opt outs: uh, <laughs> Stephen Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. So it's going to be a not a young team, but still some. Some players, some stars, some superstars in there as well to go in there for Team USA and win, you know? I feel like it's all the hoopers and all the people that feel like they got something to prove. It's one or the other. Bam, got something to prove? Yep. Draymond? Draymond? Something to prove. Oh, I wasn't looking. Hey, bro. Uh, Katie? Bro I'm, bro, I'm telling you right now. James Harden and Kevin are, are recruiting. <laughs> Somebody from Team USA will be a Brooklyn Net next year. So what you mean? They're going to trade Kyrie? Is that what you're saying? Hmm. No. Oh, breaks, buddy. There's no way that to work. It don't work. Bro, just, you can't. You cannot pay. You don't have to three matches. You can't no. have four, I don't think. We'll see. Now you only have three. Well, $30 million, bro. Don't do Kyrie like that. That's your boy. Yeah, I don't know why you ever thought that. <laughs> Wow. Uh, the world we live in. Speaking of Team USA, I want to say shout out Shikari uh, Richardson, right? Go uh, Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh, qualifying for the Olympics. Great content on my Bleacher Report feed. LSU Tiger qualifying for the Olympics. Sharing a great moment with her family. Had to point she, that out and say. She left She left LSU, though, but she, she went pro. That's why she's uh, able to do all that. Once, once a boot boy, always a boot boy. Boot girl. Boot girl. Show. Yeah, I like her. She's been cocky though. She was she was like freshman of the year. She's not, she's not like, cocky. That's confidence. She liked that. Like that. She liked that. Any more Olympics news you guys kept keep up with? Mm-mm-mm. Shout out Simone Biles. Goat. Oh, yeah. Goat. The goatee. Uh Chris Paul is out for game two officially. Breaking news on the podcast. Booker oh. PG round two. Okay. <laughs> and before I give it to Carter <laughs> for music, um, 
just talking man it's been a chill podcast what tv shows y'all been watching lately or movies uh i started back on that rick and morty season five great episode to kick off the season i enjoyed it dope uh so shout out rick and morty i haven't started the low-key series yet i'm waiting for all those episodes to come out and i haven't started captain america and winter soldier i gotta start that as well but that's when i've been on and i've been caught up on all the dc movies batman movies i'm a dc stand now uh demand put me on to animated lifestyle and now i'm not for for real <laughs> good um, now, DC- oh. is that what mace go ahead I said DC's animated movies are spectacular. The oh, yeah. 90s Batman stuff, yeah, all amazing. Awesome. Go ahead, Derek. I was about to just say I've been having a hard time like watching shows. I've been just, I guess I've been tired. I don't know what it is, but I did finally start back up on season one of Dave so I could start watching season two. Um, I also started season two of LA's Finest on Netflix, Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. Two of my two of my crushes from back in the day. You dig, you dig. Then they both was in Bring It On. I think, I think they both was in it, bring it on. Um, I know Gabrielle Union was in it, but I think Jessica Alba was in it too. Uh, if not, she for sure played Honey, which is, brings me back to my my crushes from my childhood. But LA's Fine is Fine. It's like a Bad Boys 2 spinoff TV show, so I like watching it because it connects to... She's playing Sid Barnett, which is Mar Lawrence's sister in the, in the Bad Boys. Uh... And that's pretty. Oh, uh, Master of None came back on Netflix too in another season, but I never finished season two of that. But Aziz Ansari used to be real funny to me. I just haven't got back around to it. And my boy that plays Shang Chi, the show I discovered him on on Netflix called uh, what's it called? It's a sitcom. It's called uh something. It's a it's an Asian uh, American uh, TV show, but um yeah, that's got a season five that just dropped on Netflix as well. So I'm kind of behind. Loki, I started half the half episode one. I just dozed off and I, I haven't got back to finishing it yet. Before before one of y'all go, do you think Marvel lost its steam? Uh, Marvel stand them on? Think Marvel lost its its steam, its hype, its that feeling? No. Oh, well, you you of course you was gonna say that. You were, <laughs> trying, to, you were trying to bait me in, but no. Uh, no, that was genuine. No, that's a genuine question. Like I feel like people aren't like in tune with the series lately. Like we, it's not, no movie, not the we ain't got a movie in, in almost a year plus. So to contradict your thoughts, Bruiser, Loki was the most watched Marvel series premiere. So no, not most watched. Talking about for, I haven't people talking them, about since their premiere. So they are gaining back viewers. And to Derek's point, Black Widow oh. does come out next week. You I mean that month. bag. So I'm good. I've been patient. Bruh. And I it's think the, a lot yeah. of they're giving us the movie that, in July, but that's the worst movie they could have possibly given us in July. To you, because I'm hyped for Black Widow, but to you, hype for I'm what? Waiting for Black Widow. Mad you hype for, you're hyped for a backstory that don't really matter no more. Uh, well, let me let me break it down for you. Let me know. The Taskmaster is actually one of the best Marvel villains because we're gonna see moves from Black Widow and Spider Man. They're saying that it might be Clint, which will give us a backstory on his upcoming series. But also, General Ross, who, if you remember from Captain America, Civil War, the Hulk movie, tried to create a fake Captain America Winter Soldier serum. They're saying he's going to retest it again. And either one of two things is going to happen, Red Hulk, which I would love to see, or everything with U.S. Agent, all that coming together, Zemo now on the raft. They're going to have a human team come together and try. It's going to be all that at once. Yeah, I mean... They, there's endless possibilities that, that they be giving out. How is that all gonna happen? Is he, how is he on the raft? That was after, and this is before. I mean, 
that's it's the a, most it's a, whole, was, it's a whole backstory that the movie is going to be. Then the movie's a prequel, though. So everything that will happen in this will be before Zemo went on the raft. I think you're forgetting about who we're talking about here. Marvel with two minutes in a post-credit scene could change the whole ball game, and that's what I'm counting on. And so we're excited for the post-credit. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm, I'm excited, excited for. The movie. I mean, I've I wanted a Black Widow movie for the longest because. I just think that there's endless possibilities they can do. I like the more, I mean, I'm not complaining for the X, you know, the space movies, the Doctor Strange and all the magic, but I mean, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldiers, any yeah, I'm, movie. I'm more movie. excited for the Eternals and Shang-Chi and all the other stuff. Um, oh, I can I can tell you right now, I still have not viewed the Eternals trailer for <laughs> Shang-Chi. The Eternals, is, the Eternals got way more that could come from it than this. Oh, I, I hear you, brother. Thanos backstory. They got great actors. I hear you. I am not. They have. They have. They have. You don't don't just put. You don't just put a listers on a on a movie. You don't put a list actors on a movie like that unless it's 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 worth the budget. So that budget means we about to learn something. I'm excited for that. Marvel is all right, bro. Bruiser. Yeah, no, they're good. Like I don't. We we are good. We are good. <laughs> they have um, so much content coming out. No, no, I'm not. It's not the content. It's just the the pandemic and the not being able to see the movies and the constant pushing back of movies. Oh, yeah, I think the pandemic ruined their hype. Yeah, it ruined a lot of the flow from y'all. Are not but, patient. Hmm? Y'all are not patient. <laughs> bro, I don't want to. Bro, I'm saying, bro. No, bro. It's just mm. you don't want to be waiting, which is not patient. Yeah, because exactly life goes on. I mean, not bad, bro. they're going to continue to give great content. I think Black Widow is going to be a great movie. With the, the you're a stand, movie. bro. Everything you, I haven't heard you say one thing bad about this. Yes, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay uh, to be a stand, but it, <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't expect you to say anything bad about him. What shows you watching? And Maceo being a stand is kind of funny because he's usually anti-stand culture. Bro, there the it's quality. Like one division, the the post Thanos saga, whatever you want to call it, what we're whatever we're stepping into, which we still aren't aware of, which also leads into innovation because they could go. I'm I didn't want to say phase four because it sounds so yeah, okay, phase four. <laughs> um we're we're sitting if you're i don't know man i feel like don't you feel anticipation for what work marvel is about to do like don't you feel excitement for why we got a wanda backstory what dr strange might be doing or wh- why we have a u.s agent they're now think, they're not thinking big picture mace like how are you how are you not possibly is it because what US agent are you talking about like, um, how are you not possibly excited for what could who John Walker. Oh, that was in the, the Winter Soldier series? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ever since the, nah, I ain't watching it. I don't care for spoilers, though. Ever since the, the WandaVision series finale, I just ain't, it just ain't been WandaVision was mid to me, but well, they WandaVision, WandaVision was, the whole, the thing about WandaVision that people don't like is they came up, including myself, came up with theories about people showing yep. up, this, that, and the third, and they said it from the get-go that WandaVision was a series about Wanda's tra- trauma. We found out all of that. We found out that she had powers way before the shield shields or Hydra started experimenting on her, which is something that I was dumbfounded to see. And then it's just a whole bunch of different backstories that they can tap into that they did. Like with Agnes, I wanted to see how they were going to set her up rather than in the comics. 
her whole backstory was from Mephisto. So for them to twist that off and have her come from her own witch background and they bring it up like that, that was something I love to see with, uh, I hate you. said you don't care for spoilers, but in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, with John Walker, they set it up as him. They haven't like, in the comics, he's uh, he's more of like an anti-hero. Like, of course people don't like him trying to take up that Cap mantle, but he goes away from it in a totally different way in the comics. Cap isn't dead, like they get to hooking and he's like, nah, I just don't want to be Captain America. I'm gonna be US agent and I'm gonna do what I want to do. And like, they didn't tap into that so much in the series, but I think in the film, of course, you have way much more room to be darker. You have way more. There's so many. I mean, like White Vision, he just ran off and cut. They'd saying he's going to pop up in Armor Wars. I don't know what they're going to do, but that's the fun about Marvel. And, you know, we still got She-Hulk and Moon Knight is something I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, Mahershala Ali is Blade. It's a lot. It's a lot. Fantastic Four is getting a movie. Oh, bro. There's like so many endless opportunities for Marvel. And I just think patience, patience is the main verse. You're probably not going to get an Avengers movie or a team up movie, anything for like two to three more years. But I think when it all comes together, it's going to be very like my favorite Marvel comic story is uh, Secret Wars. And I think that's what they're setting up. Like, I don't know if all y'all seen Spider-Man, but the Nick Fury uh, post credit scene in space, that's like the new version of S.H.I.E.L.D. And like, they've already said this, like, not all scrolls are good. So some scrolls in the Secret War storyline disguise themselves as uh, Marvel heroes and whatnot. So, okay. like, some of the people we're looking at now, and that's kind of what they tease in Spider-Man, like, we don't know how long Nick Fury been in space. Uh, so it's just interesting to think about. They've been setting up a lot of a lot of different stuff. So we're getting four movies before the end of this year is over. We're going to be in good shape. How much Disney paying you, Damon? They should, man. <laughs> I was on Secret Wars, and I was really excited. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because um, they hinted a lot of Secret Wars type stuff in Endgame. Yeah, like so, I was. I'm really happy to see like um, the post Thanos because the post Thanos, obviously, with that happened that occurred in the comics, is very different than what we're watching, and that's yeah. cool. But I want to see like what the post Thanos situation is going to be and how how close it is and how it varies and such. But yeah, man, this 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 stuff is going to be lit, man. I'm really the way I'm excited that y'all aren't excited because y'all are going to be excited at some point. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, for me, it's a like I'm not trying to go about it closed minded on anything. Like even post Thanos, because they saying we getting well, the Ant Man movie has already been confirmed, and it's Quantum Mania, and I'm hearing the the plot behind that is like. You know them going down back into the uh, quantum realm, and they're saying that's that's how they're gonna bring back the, the Infinity Stones. Like Daniel saying they've been reduced to atoms. Wink, wink. Like, come on now, it's all being put together really well. So, I think Marvel has the opportunity to bring back like the Guardians movies coming out. They're gonna bring in Adam Warlock. Like, there's so many different directions that they're gonna go, and all of them like it's it's a shame that um. Chadwick Boseman died because I think Black Panther would have had the possibility to lead all of this but I think Doctor Strange will probably be that more direction now his movie's gonna be crazy that's probably my number one most forward look to movie and then Spider-Man we're gonna get Spider-Man before this year is over like I said Black Widow the Eternal Shang-Chi I haven't been up to part on those two but four movies I can't complain 
All right, I like it. Um, before we move on, what shows you been watching tomorrow? <laughs> Honestly, bro, I've been watching Adventure Time. Okay. Uh, I've seen like a hundred episodes of like Adventure Time to be honest, <laughs> but I've never like seen them in order. But now, cause I rewatched regular show and seen it from a different aspect, like some of the darker jokes or like used to think Mordecai was so lame for chasing Margaret, but then you see my boy is really heartbroken. You're like, dang. Hey, you related. Yeah, man. You see Rigby, <laughs> Rigby being a good friend. You see why Benson is mad all the time because he's stuck in a dead-end job, but he really likes them, but he just don't want to be there. You're like, wow, bro, I did not I did not notice all this. <laughs> so in Adventure Time, it's cool seeing Jen, uh, Jake and Finn's bond, and I'm trying to get all the way through this because they just had a movie that they uploaded to HBO Max. So, yeah, I've been trying to catch them on Adventure Time, trying to trying to get back on the nostalgia. Feel it, feel it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Carter, music bud. Um, last time we were here, we talked about Pierre Bourne, Culture 3. We had talked about Hall of Fame, Polo G. Um, I've been listening to a lot of the new, the our newer R&B lately, though. So Don Tolliver featuring uh, Kali Uchis, the uh, Drugs and Hella Melodies. Uh, Mariah the Scientist, my, my, my crush. I just want to say that song is amazing. What song? Don Tolliver and Kali. Yeah, and then um, my my crush Mariah the scientist dropped Rai Rai World uh, pre-orders, and she dropped a new single on there called um to you, which is really really good. Then we got uh temporary highs in the violet skies by Snow Allegra. Her album is available for pre-order. That's dropping this Friday with two features from Tyler. Then we got uh her whose album just dropped called Back of My Mind, and there's a couple songs on there I really really like. This is my first time actually being exposed to her, and I'm like okay. Like, I, I never listened to her solo project before. And I was like, yeah, sure they onto something. Which everybody kind of already told me, but now I know for myself. Um, but back to the, those Tyler features, because Tyler is dropping his new album this week. Yes, sir. Um, so that's exciting, because last album Tyler dropped, we all love, I think, Eagle. We actually went to the tour, me and Brew. And Mace, actually, yeah. And it was Tyler and uh, Blood Orange and... It was it was what a time to be alive. Um, so that kind of brings me into my top five a little bit, but I'm not really pressed to do it if we don't want to do it. I was gonna say top five Tyler songs, but I feel like we already did that. So I was gonna say top five Tyler albums or projects. We did. You only got. We did projects before. I, I think we might have did songs too. I'm not sure though. Mm-hmm. Well, while we figure that out. Um, can we have an look like a little review of the voice of the heroes and life of Pierre Fox? Okay. Voice of the heroes. Oh. Um, I've listened to it like over about three or four times, I think. Um, I just right now I'm still stuck on my like favorite song. So those for me are um hats off. Who I want, medical, and uh, rich off pain. I'll tell you this right now. I listened to this album. I've been listening to this album a lot more after the week it came out because um, I wanted to see how it progressed, and I liked it more. I like it more now than I did when I first got it. Um, the features to me, Rod Wave was the best feature 
Um, the Travis song hits really good. The Thug song, when I first heard it, I really wasn't a fan, but I am really liking the Pain songs, like the type of type of vibe on here. My favorite song is the outro track, Bruised Up, because it really just feels like uh, like the song uh, with Rod Wave. Like that's the that's the type of vibe. I'm I was trying to tell you to mine. You clown him. You try to tell you. Nah, I mean I always liked that song, but I knew you was on. I knew you was gonna like that one. I also like. Uh, I have a whole like my best twenty one. Cause I know my 2021 most played isn't gonna be songs from 2021, so I try to add them on like a playlist on my own. And the songs that I have from this album that are on there is okay. Is like yeah, I he, love that song. Yeah, he he ran okay. Uh, hold on, let me cause I had them. I see what all the hype around Baby was after I heard Okay. So like, oh, me, bro, baby. <laughs> yeah, Baby had a different flow on almost. Like I was just, and then I put the album on shuffle after I listened to it. And it, it really hits that way too. Oh yeah, it sounds better on shuffle. Yeah, it do. Man of my word is also one of my favorites and still hood. And Lion. Lion actually I didn't like at first, but Dirk on the hook was something that I think this album should have had a little bit more of. I, I agree with Cut and Demond. Uh I also like Please. Uh yeah, that's definitely a ran that. But yeah, my favorite song off there is Rich Off Pain. Um I do, well, I, you didn't agree, but I did agree with Steve. I said it was overrated. But I think all collab albums, people come with the mindset of it being great, but then they aren't, they don't meet their expectation because of the Man, collab bro, album. You could not have said that more perfectly. When a, when, a album, when a collab album is announced, everybody and their mom is <laughs> ready to post that LeBron and Kyrie picture <laughs> on Shaq. That's what everybody wants, but you know, a collab album is going to hit that the same way for everybody. For me, I mean, to, to keep it all the right will with the viewers, you might not be as real. You might not relate. That might be Steve's. You might not relate. That's why you like A Boogie. You might can't relate to Durkin and the voice of the heroes. <laughs> but nah, for real though, I just think it hits from a different side. Like when I listen to Young Boy, I more so like to listen to. Young Boys tracks like Pain, like All In is one of my favorite Young yeah. Boys songs. Raw Wave I've been listening to. So the songs on the album that are more in that category have been my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, been for me too. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, the Live of Pierre 5. Uh, did it meet you guys' expectations? I still haven't finished. I'm going to be honest. I, had, I listened to a couple of songs, though. The Booker T song. Appreciate Demond for putting me on that, that song. Oh yeah, my favorite song on there is uh pull up to my hotel. Biology, everybody. That's my favorite too. He got a fit. he got a banger right there. Mate, um Mace is gone. Not my favorite. Oh, you got it. But I'm right here. Not my favorite, but uh my favorite actually is I don't know, butterfly. When I hear that beat, something happens to me, bro. And I go into a different, a different space in my head. And it's just like that little video of the little kid in the middle of the club when he's dancing. It's just over and over. I can put butterfly on repeat and like just vibe to it. So I got butterfly high on my list. Um, I love the intro and switching lanes still. I don't know. I, I thought I would grow out of it, but I don't. Like every time I hear it, it's like hearing it for the first time. And I got 42 in uh biology in my top five as well. So I mean, I think when Jalen said this was the best album to drop this year, I think he jumped the gun a little bit, but I I will say that it is like it is up there. Like every every time I hear it some more, I was like, damn, it grows on me more. 
Do you agree, Mace? Um, well, you didn't ask me my top five off the dirt and baby. I ain't thought I thought it wasn't your speed. My bad, brother. Turn your camera off when we said it. You turn your camera off when we said it. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's not oh, my camera speed. turns off when I do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, bro, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, bro. My yeah. bad. So wow. I was, I, I was like, oh, he's not interested. Yeah, like yeah, listen, so I, I was looking at the dirt, like I was looking at the dirt and baby album waiting my turn, and it never came. I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> my uh, bad. <laughs> I like my top five are probably my, my favorite song is Bruised Up. Um great outro. Bruised Up. I really like uh Make It Out also. No. Um Yeah, I, I said the last feels. five. Yeah, last five songs, I think he they did great. How it feels, uh, okay, lying. That's probably my top five. But I also love, I also like Rich Off Pain. I really like Man of My Word. Yeah, those are my favorites. Those seven or eight songs, however many I said. Um, what about and off left? Go ahead, go ahead. That, yeah, what about that Pierre? That Pierre, I think it's better than the four deluxe songs, but not better than four. My top five are. I don't even got look, bro. My top five is Biology 101, 42. This is in no order. 40, uh, 42. Um, um, come on, bro. Damn, I do need to look. Okay. Bro, what's the, oh, uh, what's the name of the sec? What's the first what's the first song, bro? Switching lanes. Yeah, switching lanes. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh oh, amen, of course. And I've actually been listening to a lot of for you lately. I've I've had a revelation about that song, right. but yeah, um, that's my top five off of that. I will say before getting into my Pierre top five for the life of Pierre five, um, I was really looking forward to seeing who was going to be producing Baby and Dirk's album. Um, London on the track had a couple really good songs on there. Wheezy had a couple good tracks, but I think ATL Jacob really ran away. Um, set I I I ATL Jacob. With his work with Future, that's when he really put on the map with me. With uh, what album was that? The Purple and Orange Future album, which is one of his most underrated, one of my favorite Future albums. But with that album, that's when he got put on the map to me. And in this album, he's really taking off. Um, but the transition to Pierre, my top five, my number five is gonna off there would be. Uh, this is gonna be nowhere because I have too many favorites off here for you. One of my top three play songs of twenty twenty one. Amazing song. Um, I really like Amen, that Pierre. Oh, that that's you know, y'all know how I feel about that. Switching lanes is already leaked, was a leak for a long time. He added that verse, you know. I mess with that a lot. Biology one on one, like me and Bruce was talking about. But Sauce Boy too with Uzi, probably one of my favorite Uzi verses, not only this year, but period. I mean, he did what he had to do. He does what he always does, is Uzi. I'm talking, you know. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Kirk Carter, ready for the official top five or baby? Y'all decide, man. It's on y'all. I gave you the topics. All right, okay. We're gonna do something even rarer than a top ten. We're gonna do a top three, no debating. Top three, top three, top three Tyler Creator albums. Maceo, you can start it off. Yeah. All right. So at number three, we got Igor, his last album. I don't know how to describe this music with a genre, and I'm not going to try. I'm tired of trying. It's really difficult. Well, but, I do, while you're doing your top three, I do do want to let it be known that I asked you what you thought of Igor when it first came out, 
And you said, and I quote, you're trying to do too much singing for me, bro. I see what you're trying to do, but mm-mm. So <laughs> see that it has grown on you, my friend. I'm you know what the turning point was? Hmm. I went to see Tyler in concert. And it, I don't know. The experience made me understand the album better. I think, yeah, John had went to that concert too, yeah. I think Derek went too. Yeah, Bruce and Derek went too. I'm the only person that didn't uh, make my it's almost like we just, It's almost like we just said this, bro, and they, they weren't listening. Ellie. I don't think we were listening, Mace. Y'all wasn't. At number two, we have his debut album, Master. Uh, it was his first project. It has that first project feel, his introduction to the rap game. He's really, really, really rapping on that album. Like, if you've never heard, I feel like a lot of people who are modern Tyler fans probably haven't heard Bastard. It's on that Piff. You need to go and listen to that right now. It's a great album. Um, it is really dark, though. So, you know, be, be ready to feel like you got to cancel somebody. Um, also, and then at the last spot, number one, we have Wolf. I think Wolf is his most well-put-together album. Um he he loosens up a bit. It's less it's less uh it's less it's less um he's not trying to talk or therapy. Yeah, it's less way. abrasive. Yeah, it's less abrasive. He's really just sit down uh, sitting down making music. Same subject matter, you know, being the le- lonely nerd kid or a lot of uh touchy romantic songs. He talks about his dad a lot, but he also talks about what it feels like a little bit to be a star now. He mentions his three-story mansion a lot in that album, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a good mixed bag. I feel like that bag is uh, the best mix of who Tyler is as a developed musical artist, even though he's made several albums since then. That's my three. I like that. I like that. Okay, my number three album before the (laughs) Pops of Aim is Goblin. My introduction (laughs) to Tyler was She and... uh, Yonkers with him eating cockroaches in the video. I think that's what everybody was put on through Tyler. I don't know. But I, that album brings back some middle school times for me. Summer, listen to that album. Uh, number two is actually going to be Igor. I really like Igor. Really great album. Um, I had this conversation a lot of times. I feel like Igor would have been a A-plus album if Earthquake was the intro. But neither here nor there. You can take your pick on that one. My number one Tyler album is Flower Boy. Flower Boy to me, it just has so many different, like, so many different vibes on it. Every song could be like a song that you add to a playlist and just gives you a different feel. Like, See You Again has definitely been rising up the charts for me. I love that song. Um, made me listen more to Cali on the side too. 911 with Frank, of course. Boredom is probably my favorite song on here. Um, he also put me on with Jaden with Pothole on this one. Who that boy with ASAP. Uh, I just think uh, Flower Boy is Tyler's best body of work. That is my top three Tyler albums. Crazy. All right. My turn. Um, top three Tyler credit albums. Number three, I have Wolf. Uh, songs off there that I love. Party Isn't Over, Campfire, Beamer, and I and Hate You featuring Pharrell Williams. So Wolf number three. Number two, it's Igor. Um, wasn't gonna listen to it, but I heard Earthquake, heard Cardi come on there. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, I disagree with Demond. I think he ran the first three songs with Igor's theme, Earthquake, and I think it has a great song with Are We Still Friends to close out the album, I believe. And lastly, number one, this is the first Tyler Credit project I've really fully listened to, and it is Flower Boy. Uh, this was the summer before I went to college, so 
just playing this song, boredom, because boy, I was bored that summer for some reason. So this album, um, you know, related to me, and I liked it, enjoyed it, and I liked the Lil Wayne feature on Dropping Seeds. November was hard, and the intro for it was hard as well. So Flower Boys was my, is my favorite Tyler Crater album. And Cut Carter. All right, my top three Tyler albums. Number three, I have to go Wolf. Um, I was having a hard time debating. Y'all said y'all didn't like Cherry Bomb, but I actually did. But it, then I realized I only like certain songs that I just put on repeat for a long amount of time. Um, So I couldn't give the best album, but some of my favorite songs on there. Number two, I have to go Flower Boy. Um, See You Again, Boredom, 911, Mr. Lonely. It's just... Just a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, it made me feel good, like feel good music for me. Uh, and I wasn't expecting that from him either, so I was kind of like surprised. And then last but not least, when he dropped Igor, I was also surprised again, but Igor to me is my number one, and it's number one to me because it's rare that I can say I, I heard almost a flawless album. Like I only, not, I only didn't like, like one song on there, or two songs on there. And uh, the concert also did make it better for me, but it made me appreciate it more. But yeah, ego. I, I feel like for me, Tyler get better almost with every album. So I'm, I'm I am excited to hear the album. I just wasn't pressed to hear the single. I kind of just want to hear it all that in one flow. Gotcha. Uh, oh, I'm also excited for his two features on my girl Snow Electra album. I feel like he's gonna kill that. I feel like he's been in his R&B bag a lot lately. Like the song Gravity with Brent Fires. I like the I like the smoother, uh, smoother Tyler. Even though, you know, crazy lit, raging, yelling Tyler was cool too, but I feel like he he had his like, I feel like he found a little niche with this uh this smooth, this smooth uh Tyler he got going. Yes. All right. I got you. Is that a uh is there any news breaking? Is that a podcast? Wrap it up, damn. Um, I want to say shout out to Carl Nasir for is the first openly act, active NFL player to be openly gay in the NFL. So I want to say shout out to him for coming out and living his truth and getting support from his players, Saquon Barkley, Ryan Clark, and others coming out and supporting him in his decision to finally come out public. So shout out to you. Um, Olympics coming up, uh, NFL, we're about to do our predictions for that in July. So looking forward to that NBA finals coming up as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be tapping into more content soon. Um, and this will conclude episode 104 of the pack life podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. We're available to Apple podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us at pack life pod and pack life podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am joined here today by my cousin, Damon guys. Thank you for having all me as always, brother. My brother, Mr. Cut Carter. Cut and last but not least, the madman himself, Maceo. Thank you for having me, guys. Yes, sir. So to recap, I'm your host, Bruiser Carter, and I have the Suns and Bucks. Demond has the Suns and Bucks. Cut Carter has the Suns and Hawks. And Mace has the Suns and Bucks. So <laughs> We're out of here. New Pack Life.